It is Locked on Jazz for the 19th of August, an Ask LOJ day. Donovan Mitchell trade discussions. Why? What's next? What should we expect? What are we doing? TV deal. What do we really think about what's going on with the TV deal? And roster moves for the Utah Jazz. Great questions upcoming on a Friday edition of Ask LOJ on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. Hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Fired up to be bringing you your team every day. Feel free. Let me know you're here watching the show by hitting your team every day in the comments section. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. It is locked on Jazz. So fun uh, to have this group together. Always be together. Um, Appreciate you guys and the efforts you guys put in. Um, with the questions today, they're just super, and the work that everyone, uh, fandom that is there, we're kind of in the, you know, August dog days, and everyone's still just as engaged as ever, so uh, couldn't be more appreciative uh, of all of you and, and what you do. Uh, college football fans, there is a um, kind of great uh, event going on right now on the Ultimate College Football Preview on Lockdown, so... Um, if you get a chance to grab that, uh, we previewed the Big 12 first and now the Pac-10. So BYU fans, everybody that's involved, um, future conference and now uh, Utah's current conference. Utah, obviously, the favorites ranked seventh in the country um, at that. So make sure you go grab the ultimate college football feed. All right, let's – I don't have a lot right out of the shoot. Um, I do think one of the super interesting questions that's out there is whether or not the Jazz – suddenly pivot and use the assets that they got in the Minnesota deal to, to, to actually launch this thing with Donovan. You, and um, we'll get into some of that with some of your questions because your questions are that good today on whether or not that's actually a real possibility. Uh, but that to me, you know, we've all, everyone's kind of 100% committed to the fact that the Jazz are doing this massive rebuild they haven't done it yet, frankly. You know, they've made two deals so far in this offseason that both make tremendous sense. Royce O'Neal for a first-round draft pick, you, you just have to do it. And frankly, you know, I thought it was an interesting comment from Danny LaRue and Adam Morris on the Real GM podcast I did previewing the Midwest Division, or excuse me, the Northwest Division, dated comment, uh, to the idea that, Whether the Jazz wanted to or not, if you get offered that from Minnesota, you probably have to take it. Um, So I thought that was interesting. All right, let's get right to it. You guys sending great questions. I appreciate you using the hashtag AskLOJ. So let's get right to them right away. Let's be super honest. All right, we're not just going to be honest from Rob. We're going to be super honest. You know what? This is like my rule. When someone says to me, let me tell you the truth on this. That just means you lied to me on everything else. Do you think the Jazz should trade or keep Mitchell? You haven't really come out and said it. So I think there's one piece here. There's once you've traded Rudy, it does feel as though the natural next step is that you're trading Donovan and that you're 
you're going into a massive rebuild. I'm not always the biggest believer in in the concept of the rebuild. Now, we'll see whether over time, whether I'm right on this. Oklahoma City and Houston are in the midst of it right now, and so we probably can kind of watch that to see whether or not it's it's something that that works over time. Orlando's in it still. Um, I get really nervous, frankly. I'd rather have the, the, the ball in hand. So, but once you've traded Rudy, I think the intuitively kind of the natural next step is that you do make, you can make a move with Donovan. On a personal note, and this is not how I think anyone should run a franchise, but as the play-by-play announcer, like, I always enjoy, and, and I think I've always kind of been different than a lot of people. I always enjoy the pure entertainment value of the season starting, you know, late September into April and into May. And, and I've never been as obsessed about winning a championship as I think most of the fans are. Probably the ownership is. Probably the GM is. Probably the coaches and the players. Um, so maybe on an island, right? Because each and every night for me personally is this enjoyment of, of watching the season roll out and how it plays. And so, you know, on, on a personal level, like calling the last few years have been, have really been wonderful. And, and last year was, was a little tougher just because you could just, there, there wasn't a good mojo around the group. And that doesn't mean that frankly, winning 25 games and beginning the developmental process won't be just as interesting and enjoyable, but the, you know, calling games with 50 wins is, Larger audience and bigger, like, that's great. So as a play-by-play announcer, I don't want to trade Donovan. Um, As a pragmatic, like, analysis of the team and where it's going, it's not an outlandish concept and it makes some sense, right? I think that's the way to look at it. With Donovan, how many wins do they finish with? And how about without him? How many is too many wins for a rebuild from TJ Gale? At hashtag ask LOJ. Uh, feel free, by the way, as these questions come in today, if you're watching on YouTube in the in the premier live community or just throughout the day, give your thoughts. If someone watches it, those comments come up at the exact same time. So uh, it's a great way to interact with everyone. So if you, you have a thought here, I, I'm curious of what people think on how many wins they, they we finished with Donovan. I, I think this is a really interesting question. Because this gets into the question of just, like, what is Rudy's impact, right? This is virtually the same team. It's a better offensive team. Malik Beasley instead of Royce O'Neal is a better offensive team. And then your center position has gone from one of the three best in the NBA to a complete unknown in Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and Udoka Azubuke. Um, But I do think the offense would still be really, really good, right? I mean, if you start an offensive team that's Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley, Boyan Bogdanovich, and a big center that's rolling to the basket with some level of verticality, hopefully Walker Kessler or Doka Azabuke can do that. That seems to me like... Now, no one's going to be the pick center that Rudy is, and no one's going to have quite the verticality that Rudy does. He leads the league in blocks every year. People can replicate that. Um, but you could, when you go with, with some other lineups, you probably could space the floor, and you could get small, and you could do some different things. It's interesting to me. Like, I wonder, could we still be a top five offensive team? And if you do that, it's a real force. Now, we could be 28th in the league defensively. I'm actually really intrigued by this question. I, I, I don't know that we'll ever get to find out. But if, if that's where we're heading, that's pretty fascinating to me. Like, to get to watch and see where 
And what is it that was Rudy's value in all this? Wow. Give me your thoughts on that one. I'll I'll come back and check this throughout the day um, and hear what people have to say on the comments section. As the roster, and I'll put it up as a poll question. um, As the roster, I've put it up, excuse me, as I have put it up as a poll question. um, As the roster is constructed today, how many wins do you think it gets? How many is too much for rebuild? You, You don't want to be in the middle, right? That's the unfortunate part of the NBA is you really don't want to be caught in that 35 to 45 win total or maybe even 30. That's the tricky one. 30 to 45 win total is probably where, you know, you don't really, really want to be. I really, really hope Donovan stays. This is from Pistol Pack. Um, I don't understand why so many people want to gamble with more lottery tickets. We already have a winning ticket in Donovan. I I think this point of view is 100% fair. Like, this is where I think what's going on in trading we are the only team in the league that two top 20 players, right? That were kind of on the market. And we've traded one of them. And, you know, maybe even you could go as high as top 17. I think they were both the two players that didn't quite make it on the um, all-NBA team that probably were the next ones. Trey Young got in over, over Don and Carl Anthony Towns got in over Rudy. So I, I think this is the comment that I get most often around town and that I think is the hardest for most people to grasp, and I think is perfectly fair. And that is, wait a sec, what, what are we trying to go get? Didn't we already have them? And, and I think, I, I feel that. Like, I understand that point of view at a high level. Now, in the case of any asset you have in the world, your house, your car, your whatever, well, maybe not my new Ionic, but any, uh, there's a price by which you're willing to give it up. And that may have been what happened with Rudy. Is it quite simply the price was so amazing? Jazz have gotten the best grade for any team in the offseason that you have to make that deal. And I and I tip my hat to Tim Conley of Minnesota, who went and basically very well may have made Rudy available. And then with Donovan, you're playing a dance with as you are with every player of of what happens as their free agency nears and what's their value and what can you do in the meantime. And that's that's where this gets really interesting. We'll continue with more Ask LOJ questions, some questions about the TV deal, a wild card of Kevin Durant to Utah, roster moves, all great questions coming in. It is Locked On Jazz today, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. I got my Ionic 5. It's outstanding. It's the new electric car by Hyundai. Uh, it's just like so cool, so has all these pixel lights. It's just done. It's got a great look. It drives amazing. It's electric. Um, I I went to the dentist yesterday because I won't show you, but I, I had a filling fall out. Well, I just so I just charged the car. Um, my you know at first I was like, wow, it cost me seven dollars and fifty cents to oh to elect like oh that's better than the hundred dollar fill. It drives so great. It's so cool. Uh, I had a great experience with Jacob down in Linden. Uh, and all the people down there in that beautiful store at Murdoch Hyundai. They're located in three locations at Murdoch Hyundai. They're in Murray, they're in Logan, and they're in Linden. If you're heading to any of the three, email me first. Whether it's trying to get an Ionic 5, which are not the easiest things to get right now, or whether it's the new hybrids, right, Tucson and Santa Fe's, or whether whatever it might be, the great the North American car of the year, the Elantra and the Sonata that I'm also driving right now. Our driveway, our garage door is broken. We literally, our house looks like a Hyundai used car lot right now. We have four Hyundais sitting in our driveway. So I'm backing up what I tell you, um, that I believe in Hyundai. I believe what they're, they're doing, and I'm, and I'm backing it up uh, with my own money. So if you're looking for a car out there, uh, the thing I 
would tell you you get the most value for the dollar. They're made beautifully, and the Murdochs will treat you great. So if you're he- heading out to any of them, email me first at dlock at zero nine at gmail.com, and I'll set you up with a VIP meeting, whether it's with Jacob uh, over down in, in Linden, whether it's with Cam in Murray. We'll set you up and make sure you get a great experience. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.net, great place to get into the action this weekend, whether it might be uh, any of the Major League Baseball games that are going on. I don't know that you can bet on the Utah College World uh, Little League World Series team. That, seem, that seems like a bit much for me. I would hope we can't do that. Uh, Major League Baseball's got all sorts of great props going on. Futures as well. Uh, right now, the World Series favorite is the Los Angeles Dodgers at plus 325. Astros at plus 400. Yankees at plus 450. And the Mets at plus 500. Over on betonline.net. For the NBA, they have the opening line games in from the schedule. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Celtics will tip it off Tuesday, October 18th. And the Celtics are a five-point favorite. The Warriors are a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Lakers. Christmas Day games are all up on the line as well, with the Denver Nuggets as a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Phoenix Suns on Christmas night. That seems kind of an interesting little thing. And NBA team wins are up, other than the Jazz, Knicks, and Lakers. It's an interesting one. Denver comes in at 50.5. The Warriors come in at 52. The Clippers come in at 52.5 as the number one seed in the West, along with the Phoenix Suns at 52.5. It's all at betonline.net. All right, let's continue with your great questions at AskLOJ. Thank you so very much for doing that. Throw me a your team every day over in the chat room to let me know that you're here and you're watching and listening. If you're on a podcast, please give us a five-star review. You just put in that, your team every day in that as well. Really appreciate you uh, being a part of it. All right, let's get to the next question. They've been super. They've been, as they come in, why would Utah give up a top 20 player for picks and some bench players? If you're unprotected, you've got a swing possibility of drafting another Don. If you're lucky, or is it just the Jazz see the writing on the wall that he's leaving in three years anyway? This gets to be a huge part of the issue. The minute you traded Rudy, this kind of goes back to where our first question was when I was supposed to be honest, not just honest, but super honest, is the minute you've traded Rudy, it's going to be hard to be winning enough. And if you don't think your roster construction was to be able to get you to be able to win enough, then you do get in this game where you know Donovan uh, has the right to move on at the end of his contract. And his peak value is right now. Now, I'm not convinced that his value is any less uh, in the next 12 months than it is right now. I, I, unless he something goes wrong. I don't think he his like two years, whatever, particularly if it's New York where he's likely to resign. I, I don't think that his value changes any in the next year. That, that was always my viewpoint going into this season was let's take one more run at it. Let's see if we can reconstruct it in some fashion and take another run at it and see whether or not that allows us to reconstruct this roster and build something. And then if it doesn't, let's just move it all at that point. Let's, and, and I do wonder a little bit of, you know, the biggest thing that jazz had is they have had absolutely no roster flexibility when the year started, they got very little chance to get anything done at the trade deadline. They went into the draft with no picks, no ability to do anything. Couldn't even get a pick as much as they were trying. They went to free agency and had to sit on their hands as well. And, you know, they, as we've talked about in the order of sequence of what they did, the, probably the first thing they did is they ran around the league with Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, and the crew and said, well, what, what, you know, what can we do to retool this roster? And they got a first-round pick for Royce, which is a deal you have to make. And then, then they didn't get anything. And then all of a sudden Minnesota comes with the haymaker and maybe, maybe 
that's where you actually make this decision. Like, okay, well, that gives us all the roster flexibility, cap flexibility, draft pick flexibility that we need to have moving forward. That puts us in a better position we're in right now. Let's see what happens next. And it might be why there's not as much urgency to trade Don is because, yeah, you're absolutely right with what you're saying. He's a top 20 player. Why would we give him up unless we get a really good deal? And can we build something around him? I think that's the next question that starts around this of whether or not we can get there. Uh, when is the point of no return for a non-Donovan Mitchell roster moves? At some point, the Jazz coaching staff needs to be able to assess what they're working with. Is it really feasible to have an entire roster up in the air before camp starts, especially the new staff? It is feasible. I think it is going to happen, and it is a crazy concept, right? That we literally could open training camp in 40 days from now and be wondering every day when, in, and if like someone has the flu or COVID symptoms and doesn't come in for a game, for a practice, we're all going to be sitting there wondering ourselves, oh my gosh, did he just get traded? Like, is that possible? Absolutely that's possible. I don't think there is a point of no return for non-Donovan Mitchell roster moves. And I also think in many of these cases, it may be that the season needs to start playing out. And somebody has to, everyone loves their roster right now. And everyone, I think, um, has to make that, you know, that probably is that. What do you think the potential trade between the Jazz and the Knicks could be stalled because the players from the Rudy Gobert trade could be involved? I believe August 30th is the day Jazz could trade those players. That's from B-Dog. I might flip it the other way, which is if the Jazz are actually trying to bring in another star or trying to do something to build into the roster in a manner around Donovan and actually kind of try to stay in the West, though, boy, the West is brutal. You realize, like, in all likelihood, according to Bet Online, either Dallas or Minnesota is playing a play in game. Like, one of them is. Um, or somebody else if something goes wrong. But yeah, Dallas or Minnesota, if everything goes right, Dallas or Minnesota is playing a playing game right now. The West is brutal. Um, if, if that's, I actually think the August 30 thing would be as if the Jazz actually are trying to trade Boyan Bogdanovich and a pick or somebody and a pick that they or a player that they could be using um, those picks. That's, that's my thought. You've mentioned pressure points in the Donovan Mitchell trade related to the Knicks. This is from Triple T. Um, are there other pressure points for the Jazz outside of Don demanding a trade? I'm curious, do you think anything changes to say the Jazz start the season 4-12? and 12? So here's the crazy thing to your question. Is starting the season 4-12 and 12 good or bad? And I don't know the answer to that question, right? Like, if we have Don and he's scoring 30 a night and we're losing – and his value's going up, but we're losing every night, so our tank is on if we want to trade Donovan at some point in the season. Um, I'm not sure that's a bad thing. Like, I don't think... I, the, the question to me that I do think is an interesting one is whether or not if we have Don and this roster and we're 500, is that some sort of a pressure point that becomes a problem for us that we don't want to actually be 500. We don't want to be caught in that 35 to 45 win total along the way. And so that becomes a pressure point to us. If you end up having this roster, the offense is as good as I just said, you're the number one offense, you're the number 22nd defense and or number three offense, number 22nd defense. And you're actually like a little bit around 500. Is that actually problematic? Um, and, and, you know, and where do you go from there? Or does that actually give you the pieces to be able to make the next step? Excuse me. Um, that came on fast. Sure, there's a second sneeze coming because there always are. Um, we'll, we'll bring up the questions again so you don't have to see that. 
How many unprotected picks do you think it would take to trade up and get a first in Webb and Yama in next year's draft? Um, Preston Beckstrand with a question. Web, uh, for those who do not know, Webb and Yama is the French kid who's the prospect that is supposed to be, you know, the other day I saw, oh, he's a combination of Kevin Durant and Giannis. Wow, we haven't put any pressure on this kid. Supposed to be really special. I actually don't think there's an. I don't think there's a number. I think if a team has a chance to get Webb and Yama, I I don't I don't think they that there's a GM who has enough guts to to move the pick, no matter what offer, offers you have. I, I I just I don't think anyone has that. Who's your dark horse team that could sneak in and grab Donovan away from New York? Miami, Chicago, Washington don't seem realistic. Toronto, Orlando, Sacramento, Cleveland. I think it's Orlando. And if I was Orlando, I would make this deal. Um, I would probably put Jalen Suggs in it as kind of my big main piece. Um, I just got the number one pick in Paulo Benchero, and I'd have to decide I really believe that he's good, which every indication is that he's good. Um, You know, if you're Orlando, you haven't gotten out of the first round of the playoffs since... The Eastern Conference Finals loss in 2010. You've only been to the playoffs twice since 2013. 2012-2013. You lost to the first round, I think, as an eighth seed in, in both of them. I think, uh, they may have only had a winning record once since 2012. Um, I mean, this is our cautionary tale, right? They, they've, lost tw- they've won 20, 23, 25, 35, 29, 25, 42... 33 in the lockout year, excuse me, in the COVID year, 21 in the 72-game season, and 22. Like, it's really a, a disaster. I mean, that this is what we have to hope doesn't happen to us. So, if I'm them, at some point, you, you just have got to make a move that get makes you relevant. And it seems to me that, like, Orlando is a spot that, Somehow people think you can keep players. I'm not totally convinced of that. You have, maybe Jalen Suggs is important to you. Maybe there's other, you know, who, I like Wendell Carter. Like, what are your pieces? Mo Wagner, I think, or excuse me, the other Wagner. Franz Wagner is very good. You suddenly have Donovan Mitchell, Franz Wagner, and Paolo Banchero. I think you got a chance. I think you move Jalen Suggs. You probably get off the Jonathan Isaac deal. Decide what you think of Cole Anthony. And you give up. Two or three unprotected picks, and I think the Jazz have to take it. So that would be that would 100% be my team that I think is the dark horse that has the has the pieces to make the pick. A little bit depends on what the Jazz think of Jalen Suggs, and and then at the same time I think you know probably it makes a pretty good deal a pretty good deal for them too. I haven't played Trade Machine on that one. I could do that really really quickly. How about we'll we'll do Trade Machine on that one when we come back here in just a second of whether or not that actually works. Um, I'll pull it up and, and take a quick scan. What's your thoughts in the chat room, by the way, on that one? If you're the Jazz, do you do that? If you're the Magic, do you do that one? Throw that in your thoughts over on YouTube on that. Uh, if you're out this weekend uh, perusing, having a good time, doing all those kind of things, well, let's make sure that you make the right decisions and that you get home safely. That is really the issue that's at hand that we got to make sure that happens uh, for you. And that is not 
driving while impaired, right? You're hanging out, you're throwing a few back. You could call for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. What's the odds of something going wrong? And what is it that could go wrong? Well, it could be that you lose your job, your car, you kill someone. So let's take the, we all know the risks and the results are tragic and often deadly. So however, it might be, you need to stop one of your buddies or you need to stop yourself from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So if you think you're out okay to drive with a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone's health. Drive sober or get pulled over. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at Summit Cap. It's a really interesting group. Summit Capital is a local investment group that's made up of successful business operators. They provide capital for management seeking to buy out the owner of businesses they work in, owners seeking to sell their businesses, or entrepreneurs seeking capital to help grow their business. Summit Capital invested and locked on. They're a great partner. The first one's the one I really want to focus on. You know someone who's working in a business, family run. Maybe the family that owns it's taken it far enough. They're on the back end of it. They don't want to put in all the juice it takes to take it to the next step. But you know this person. They are the manager. They run it. They can do it. That's where Summit Cap comes in. They'll give you the capital, and you can take the company. new. The owners win because they get bought out. And it's a win-win for everyone and lets you take it to a new height you couldn't get to otherwise. Contact Matt at 801-796-2033. That's 801-796-2033. You can just text him. Or you can email LockedOnJazz at SummitCapUtah.com or clicking contact on the website at SummitCapUtah.com. Jeff and Matt and David, great guys down at Summit Cap in Utah County. Um, We're super investors in lockdown. I can vouch for that. My experience with them was top-notch. They're not that VC firm that's just trying to knock, get the deal done and get it out. They asked great questions. They weren't experts in our field. They didn't act like they were. They just asked super good questions to direct us as a company. And it was a pleasure to work with, and you can too. Give Matt a call at 801-796-2033 or text him at 801-796-2033. All right, let's get back to uh, Trade Machine on the Orlando deal. That, that to me, is actually the deal. So Donovan at 30, you put Jonathan Isaac... Jalen Suggs, and probably it looks like, well, I think that deal might, that deal just goes down. So Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac, and Isaac's an interesting player for us. He was great at one point in time. He's got three years, 17 million left. Um, Orlando's win total goes up 11 wins on this deal, according to the Hollinger analysis. Um, So, uh, and then, you know, what do we get? Some version of I, I think Orlando's got some encumbered picks, if I remember correctly, and they might not be able to do three unprotected. So that's why Suggs, I think, becomes vital in that whole uh, deal. All right, let's get back to the questions. What is the possibility of swinging the Kevin Durant to Utah deal? What? Would it be possible to swing a midseason deal bringing KD to Utah using draft capital from the Rudy deal? Hashtag, I hate the freaking Lakers. Um, Rich, I'm with you on that. Um, I think the, I I think it's very unlikely. Um, I don't really see us making that kind of risk. Um, but I mean, Katie's a once in a lifetime talent. If you can go get that deal done, you you probably have to consider it. All right, let's dig into it. Honest thoughts about the media contract for AT&T sports. I am 50 years old, 52 now, just had a birthday. And so maybe I don't relate on this one as well as I need to. Um, I look at the Jazz as having done something I think is kind of cool. 
they had Andy Larson did some good reporting on this. They had a ten year contract with AT and T Sportsnet, which in its various variations of what it's been. And it looks, if I read that article right, and this was kind of the feeling I had on it, was that for the last two years, the Jazz have kind of pushed the ball down a little bit. Like, in other words, that the Jazz have decided not to sign a new deal with anyone. They've kind of left negotiations open and not made it. The the deal you really probably didn't want the Jazz to make is the deal that AT&T Sportsnet wants the Jazz to make which is AT&T Sportsnet would love to sign the Jazz up for another five- or ten-year deal where they then have the, the single most important piece of the puzzle. And from a financial standpoint, I think that's probably the deal that gets the Jazz the most money right now, is that AT&T Sportsnet is, it takes, um, gets a five- or six-year deal done and has the jazz locked up and denies you the right to have them on direct TV stream or FUBU or wherever else I guess you'd be on direct TV stream um, because of the fact that they, they have the rights. That's their single. If I'm AT&T Sportsnet, the single most valuable thing I can get right now is a team's rights. That's what makes you sign from the jazz. The other, so that's the first thing. So the second part of the jazz deal is the money, right? Right now, the Jazz are sitting on a deal with them that was pretty good. I think it was in the range of $10 million a year, and I'm sure the new one's supposed to be 15 or 20 You know, for the Jazz to go get $20 million a year on subscription-based advertising means they have to have forty or 50,000 households sign up, plus some expenses that AT&T covers. Probably means fifty to 70,000 households to sign up. That's a lot of households. I'm not sure that number pencils out for the Utah Jazz right now. Which, by the way, impacts your product a great deal. So, yes, if I go take your individual circumstance where you're paying for HBO Max and you're paying for this and you've cut the cord and you're trying to save money and you're not saving money anymore because none of us are. Seemingly, after we've cut the cord, it seems like none of us are saving money unless we have it mastered and are taking so much time to know when this cancels and when that doesn't cancel. It, It might be frustrating that you personally... Don't get to pay your $25 and you're stuck by now having to have FUBU TV or DirecTV stream. I get it. That I get. But from a franchise standpoint, the way I see it is that they really had this opportunity to that they could have signed up for another five or, and made a buttload of money, I'm guessing, taking the really secure deal. And they decided they've decided not to do it. And, and I talked about this the other day. We're, we're at a, a technological influx where things are kind of crossing lines. And I feel like they've pushed the ball down the court a little while or down the field to delay that answer. And to me, that feels like actually the right thing to do. I don't think it answers each of your individual needs, but it also doesn't box them into a hole. And the only place I think where they can really box themselves in right now is that long-term deal with AT&T. There is not a team out there yet that has gone with their own streaming deal for TV. It's just no other team has done it in the NBA, which probably should tell you something, that the fact that no team has done it yet, Bally's is just announcing for their first time their stream back. It's like, if I'm the Jazz, I'm going to sit back and watch how Bally's deal works out. Let me see what that data is. Let me see how many people are really willing to bypass the illegal streams that are being used um, I think Andy Larson told the story that they had a focus group and asked people how many used illegal streams and every single person raised their hand. 
Well, that would make me really nervous about launching a pay service where I'm supposed to get my money back at $20-$25. There's a chance that could really flop. So to me, there's this we're in this influx of, of technology, and the Jazz have kind of kept the ball so that they're not committed to either side yet, which I think is good for you, and it's probably good for them long term. But I don't think they've actually taken the selfish answer, which is I just signed up another five year deal with AT&T at fifteen, twenty million. And I do think that there's a reason that no team in the league has done their own streaming deal yet and done this whole idea of like, well, the Jazz should just do $25 a month, right? And then you cancel, like, is it non-cancelable? Are you buying a three-year season ticket? Like, how does this work? Because once the season's over, you drop your $25 a month, it doesn't work at all. And I really actually think what it, the only way to do it if you're the Jazz is an upfront big cost right at the front. And I'm not sure you want that, right? You're talking about your 20 bucks a month. Okay, well, actually, what I really want is I want 350 to 500 to start the year. I'm not sure, I'm not sure in all fairness, and I'm sure Brandon Whiteside and some other people have brought this up, I'm not sure that the people who all are arguing about how bad a TV deal this is actually have that great a leg to stand on. Okay, the idea you're supposed to get it free, stop. That's gone. Been gone for a long time. So if you want to go, if you want to go live in like K-Jazz black and white era, we can talk about that, but it's not realistic. And, and it's, it's a business, so that's not happening. So now, like, what is the streaming service you're actually really willing to pay for? What are you really willing to do? Or do you really just want to fix the system for yourself, which doesn't actually work for the franchise? Okay? Like, that's the reality. Um, again, comments. Love to hear them. I'll go back and check them. Great uh, to have the pod back. What do you think of Azubuke's role looks like this season? You know, he's been working really hard. I hear he's back on the court doing some stuff. Um, you know, he showed some flashes, my, you know, defensive mobility and lack of ability rebounding are the two really big questions about him. But from an offensive standpoint, rolling to the basket, being a force, a vertical, um, you know, running the floor offensively, I think it's actually pretty good. Do you think we'll bring a center in to start the season, regardless of how Donovan's situation plays out, or will we go with the dope Kessler? I think Vanderbilt's our starting center. I think Jared Vanderbilt's our starting center right now. We've become fast. Become open the floor a little bit. He's a cutter. Um, and then Kessler and Doak probably are battling um, for some of those minutes. That's, that's my quick take of where I think we are um, on the center position this year. Thanks so much for tuning to Locked on Jazz. Great comments in the comments section of YouTube. Appreciate that community that kind of continues there. And I'm always going back and checking those after the fact. So uh, appreciate that. And the answers to the poll question are always interesting. We'll do, some, we'll do a live show again next week. Um, try to get some guests on and do some fun stuff as well. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day for your second listen. What about the college football ultimate preview or Locked on NBA Big Board? Have a good one.